In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You're advised that any views expressed by the hosts or their guests are not necessarily the views of Tuggy Entertainment or its partners. Just give us one hour and we'll help you change the way you think about happiness. Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress Kamen is a fresh talk radio approach promoting happiness from the inside out. Happiness is a choice, and happiness can be cultivated and harvested. Each week, Lisa shines her light on well-being and global human flourishing by presenting a diverse and proactive collection of the greatest thinkers and doers who have devoted their lives to creating a better world in which to live. As a filmmaker, positive psychology coach, author, professor, and change agent specializing in the field of happiness, Lisa Cybers Kamen is widely recognized as an expert in the field. On the show, she also focuses on military families and service personnel returning with PTSD, traumatic brain injury, and other post-deployment civilian life reintegration issues. So, let's spend some time getting to the heart of the matter on Harvesting Happiness on toginet.com. And now, here's your host, Lisa Cypress-Kamen. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. Welcome to Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio. I'm here to speak with you today as I do each and every week about happiness, well-being, and human flourishing. Authentic happiness is not selfish, egotistical, or narcissistic. In fact, the achievement of a happy life is not only good for us, but good for those around us. Sustainable happiness is important because it not only elevates our own well-being locally, but also contributes to the collective flourishing of humanity on a global level. In short, happiness matters. Happiness comes from the heart, And this show is all about the heart. Before we bring on our guest today, I want to open up the phone lines for call-ins at 877-864-4869. Again, that's 877-864-4869. And I want to give a little uh, social media information here. If you hear something you like, join the conversation on Twitter with the hashtag harvesting happiness and you can tweet us at hh talk radio all right today we've got an exciting show ahead we are continuing our celebration of tedx malibu presenters and we have with us in the first half of the show one of our esteemed speakers. His name is Dr. Benjamin Labrat. He is a native of Southern California who learned to swim before he could walk. His love of water led him to working on sport and commercial fishing boats and on the floating marine science laboratory vessel. He, along with his sister and others, began Floating Doctors whose mission is to reduce the present and future burden of disease in the developing world and to promote improvements in healthcare delivery worldwide. And I want to also mention something else about Dr. Labrote. He is a CNN Hero of the Year nominee, and we are delighted to have him returning to Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio. Good morning, Ben. Uh, good morning. How are you? Really well, really well. Um, I said I really enjoyed uh, seeing the edited TEDx, uh, TEDx speeches come up. It was awesome to kind of revisit uh, the stuff that everybody talked about. Uh, it was really an amazing group of people. 
and it was a privilege to be a part of it. Oh, well, we were so glad that you were a part of it. And to those who might not know about TED or TEDx, TED stands for Technology, Entertainment, and Design. And I am the co-organizer of TEDx Malibu, where we recently held our second annual TEDx community uh, event. It was entitled TEDx Malibu 2012, and the subject was Living Out Loud, equal L-O-L. And we brought together a group of very unique and inspiring individuals who are really living their passions and, and exemplifying what it means to live out loud. And Ben is just one of those. He went to medical school. He graduated. You tell the story, Ben, because it's a very compelling, compelling one. Um, well, uh, as you said, I'm from Southern California originally, but uh, I did my medical training in Ireland um, where there was a really heavy emphasis on uh, clinical practice, on being able to sit with a patient, put your hands on them, talk to them, and kind of diagnose you know, by really focusing on the patient rather than just kind of sending them off to the laboratory. So, ironically, that prepared me amazingly well for what I'm doing now where I usually have to work without those kinds of resources. And uh, while I was in medical school in Ireland, Africa is only a four-hour flight away, and that seems really close if you're from Southern California. So I used to visit my classmates, you know, who were from there. And uh, I went to Namibia, Botswana, Tanzania, Zimbabwe, uh, uh, South Africa, and uh, I loved every second of it. And I always used to take medical supplies with me and kind of set up and, you know, do what I could where I was. Um, and on my last trip there, I had a moment where, you know, I was working in a really, really small village. I was by myself. Um, the backpack I had with me you know, was empty of material in an hour or two, but there were still you know, 40, 50 people left you know, in a line you know, wanting to be seen. And uh, I started casting around for you know, kind of what, you know, what do you have locally, what do you guys normally do, you know, trying to give health knowledge that could be used in place of, kind of medications or supplies that I didn't have. And uh, I got back in the car when I was finished and with a sense of, really, you know, wanting to have done a lot more. And uh, um, I got in the car, and in that moment, I decided right then and there that uh, I was going to come back, um, either to that community or to any of the hundreds of thousands just like it, anywhere people are living remotely and are poor and do not have access to medical care. And uh, uh, after a couple of years practicing in Ireland, I came back to the U.S. and I spent a year uh, trying to find a ship and to rebuild the ship from a derelict vessel that was donated, to find a crew, to find medical supplies, to organize this project. And in 2010, we set sail for Haiti with 20,000 pounds of material on board after the earthquake. We worked in Haiti. Then uh, we transited to Honduras, where we worked for nine months. Uh, we went back to Haiti during the cholera epidemic uh, with more materials for the cholera relief efforts there. And then uh, for the last uh, 19 months, we've been in Panama, working among the indigenous Nove people uh, in the Bocas province. And, and uh, um, Ben, I want to yeah. just make people aware of the fact that when you go into these countries, in some cases, they have never seen a Western doctor before. Uh, even in a smallish country, kind of like Panama, um, you know, Panama City is like Miami. You know, the Bocas town in Bocas province is a popular tourist spot. But go five minutes outside of it in a small boat into the mangroves or out into the jungle, and you come across communities that have no, you know, no electricity, no water, no health knowledge where women die in childbirth, you know, it's really, you know, it's a real privilege sometimes to even in these small countries, you know, to walk for one full day and have people go, oh, that's what white people look like, you know, to really actually be like the first medical experience, 
you know, that uh, some of these communities ever have. You know, we try to, you know, we try to make sure it's a good one. And this is what interests me so much about your work, because while you are going to these places and delivering um, Western care, uh, many of these people, the only medical care that they may have received in the past might have been from a shaman or um, an indigenous healer. And what you've learned from these men and women, I think, and how it's affected your practice and your way of delivering the art of medicine really touched my heart in, 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 your, in your TEDx talk specifically. Oh, thank you. I, I love practicing. Uh, you know, I have a really good relationship with uh, the curanderos, as they're called, the indigenous botanical medical practitioners, um, especially because I, you know, I afford them professional respect. You know, they're, they're my colleagues kind of in these communities. They've been taking care of patients there, you know, for years and years and years, you know, before I ever got there. And uh, they tend, uh, their experience generally kind of is to be disenfranchised a little bit or to be disrespected, even, you know, if it's not meant, you know, kind of by other Western physicians. So, you know, the relationship that I have with them is kind of exciting because it allows us a really kind of interesting glimpse into, you know, the secrets of kind of how that medicine is practiced. And this, and the medicine, the the indigenous um, botanical medicine is very much alive in Western medicine. I think it's really important to make the listeners aware of this. For example, one of the most widely marketed breast cancer medications, tamoxifen, is based on a botanical. A botanical. Yeah, um, there are so many medications that were originally discovered, or that are still extracted from kind of plant or animal materials uh, because that was, you know, the best way, still the best way to get at them. There's a limpet, a small kind of snail that lives off the California coast that for years has been harvested because they're hemophiliacs. If you cut them, they'll bleed to death. But their blood actually contains a protein that's been extracted for decades because it's a powerful anticoagulant and it's used to help prevent strokes uh, and other clotting disorders. So... There's really an exciting variety, you know, of possibilities out there that, uh, you know, uh, we kind of ignore at our peril. There's malaria in particular. Um, there's a lot of local remedies for malaria. But the new super drug for malaria, which was developed in China, is a class of drug called the Artemisian compound. They were mm-hmm. actually discovered by a <laughs> – it's actually quite a neat story. There was a secret Chinese government project. Um, where they were going to try and look back through all of these old Chinese herbal remedies and kind of botanic practitioner's guides, you know, going back thousands of years, looking to see if there were any kind of remedies that could be applied to the modern era. And they found a recipe for malaria, which had been described in China, you know, thousands of years ago. And at first when they made it, they didn't follow the directions, you know, and they uh, prepared it incorrectly and they got something that didn't work at all. They tried it again about five years later, and they found this new superclass you know, of medications, you know, their plant extract, that now form the mainstay of treatment for drug-resistant malaria, which is a real problem, kind of, uh, you know, uh, kind of in this millennia. Wow, this this is amazing. We are going to go to a break in a minute, and when we come back, we're going to continue the conversation. And I want to talk a little bit about how you have been changed by the experience. Uh, talk a little bit about the CNN Hero, Hero of the Year process, and where you're headed, and about the ethics of your practice. Because I am just uh, really in awe of what you do, and and you are quite the writer and poet to boot. And I'd love to chat about that. You're listening to Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio with Lisa Cypress Cayman, and to 
today's guest, Dr. Benjamin Lebro of Floating Doctors. You can learn more about his amazing, amazing work, which I personally support at www.floatingdoctors.com. Twitter, he is at Floating Doctors. And on Facebook, Floating Doctors. And to learn more about what we're doing over here, you can go to harvestinghappiness.com. And I want to also add that by going on to TED.com and putting into the search TEDx Malibu 2012, you can watch 16, I am very proud to say, amazing, amazing videos all about living out loud or LOL. Here come the tunes. We'll be right back. We know that life is tough and that happiness can and does live along with adversity. We'll be right back to explain how on Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress Kamen on Toginet.com. Like us on Facebook at Harvesting Happiness and on Twitter at HH Talk Radio. Lisa returns with more of Harvesting Happiness following this short break. The path of a sudden Nothing gives happiness like a free gift. Lisa Cypress came and has made her first ebook, Got Happiness Now? Eight Keys to Unlocking a Joyful Life. Available at no cost to everyone. Unwrap your complimentary copy now by visiting www.harvestinghappinesstalkradio.com. Are you or do you know a returning U.S. military man or woman in need of restoring joy in their lives? Did you know that our nonprofit, Harvesting Happiness for Heroes, offers stigma-free combat trauma and post-deployment reintegration programming? Check us out at www.hh4heroes.org. That's HH, the number four, and heroes.org. Happiness is an inside job. Wear the message on T-shirts, baseball caps, sterling silver designer jewelry, and more. Please visit our online boutique at www.harvestinghappiness.com. Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress Kamen on Toginet, the show dedicated to promoting happiness because happiness is a choice and happiness can be cultivated and harvested. So let's get back to it. It's Harvesting Happiness on toginet.com. And now back to your host, Lisa Cypress Kamen. Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio. If you're just joining us now, we are talking with Dr. Benjamin Lebro, who is the founder of Floating Doctors. He is a CNN Hero of the Year nominee for 2012, and he is one of our amazing TEDx Malibu presenters from this year, and our theme is Living Out Loud, and Ben is living out loud. He is on a vessel on the open seas delivering medical care in um, Central America, and your work is truly, truly amazing, Ben, and we are, we're talking about you know, how, we, how you have blended this Western medicine with coming into these very small ports that may have never seen a Western doctor and working with the local um, medicine men and and what you've learned, what you've given to them. And I want to talk a little bit about um, what the experience has been like for you, how it's impacted your personal life. Because when we go through these incredible adventures, we are transformed and we transcend something inevitably every single time. 
Well, for me, I mean, we knew at the beginning of this that we that we were going to be changed, even in ways that we couldn't anticipate. And uh, you know, I, you know, it's geez, I'm almost at a loss for words. <laughs> um, and Ben's a wordsmith. I know. I, I can't believe I was lost for words. <laughs> um, I think really what it was was that I got to transform into kind of a kind of doctor that I found very, very difficult, you know, to practice as kind of anywhere else, you know, in both the Irish hospital system and then kind of what was available, the U.S. healthcare system. There was such a move away from the patient kind of and towards the documentation, you know, towards defensive medicine. Um, I always imagined, you know, the doctor would, you know, with the black bag, the patient is sick in a house, the doctor would go to the house, you know, and I saw my dad do house calls for years and years, and I didn't know that was not normal until I was a teenager. Um, so it's really given me the chance to kind of explore what being a doctor can really be, can really be about, you know, and allows me to focus on, you know, on just making people's lives and making people better. You know, people interest me way more than their diseases. If their diseases interested me, I would have become a research physician, you know, but it's people that I like. So it's, yeah, it's been an extraordinary adventure uh, that's allowed me to kind of see things and experience things that no one else, you know, kind of will ever see or experience except for our volunteers. So I was damn as far from a midlife crisis as a 37-year-old man can possibly be. Yeah, I, I, you know, amen to that. But you know what? The word that comes up for me is the is the word soul. That you have been able to um, really discover the, the the soul of medicine. That it is through that very intimate practice that you have created. Because in that environment, you can't help but be intimate. You know, um, of that, course. That, I mean, in medicine generally, like it is one of the most intimate kind of human connections that can possibly exist. You know, people will tell their physicians things that they would never tell their priest or their rabbi. Or, you know, there's an expectation, you know, of a lack of judgment. You know, there's an expectation that you're just there with the patient's best interest, no matter what it is, you know, they've done or they've seen or, you know, and that kind of, you know, deep, intimate connection that you can get five seconds after meeting someone. You know, you can, I mean, in what other profession could I walk into, you know, a small shack somewhere in the jungle and meet an elderly, you know, indigenous woman, and five seconds later, have her openly tell me about, you know, like perhaps very kind of personal and, you know, kind of embarrassing medical issues or things in her history. You know, there's all, I can't think of any other way in which you can have that kind of connection so quickly. Oh, I think, I think you're right, you know, and I... I want to talk about your family because you mentioned um, your father and your dad making house calls. And several months ago, I remember I popped up on Facebook one day and I saw that you and your dad were having a conversation about um, some chest x-rays that you had posted there. And I thought to myself, this is not, it's not just modern medicine. I mean, it's the modern way of communicating a very old-fashioned way of the house call. I mean, I, I just thought that was very cool. And that takes us very nicely into the family affair that Floating Doctors is. Uh, that's, uh, it started in my head, but it very quickly kind of gathered kind of support from, you know, my immediate family and then my large kind of extended family. You know, the, like the relations where, let's see, it's your mom's cousins. Yeah, and someone goes, what, how are we related? And the answer is, we're, we're family. Yeah. 
Um, <laughs> so many people uh, who kind of classify as my family you know, have taken on big parts of you know this project. It would never have been possible kind of without them. You know, all of their support, both for you know what seemed probably like such a crazy idea at the beginning, um, and then the support all the way through. Uh, you know, to help develop it and grow it, and you know, it's now something that's so much bigger than just me. Well, you know you're onto a good thing when that happens. You know, when it takes on a, a life of its own and has this positive force uh, for you to be a change agent and, and, and your sister as well. Let's talk about her because you originally brought her on because you needed help. And then it evolved into uh, something so much more. Uh, I was in Florida in the first few weeks of the year of what would be a year-long process to rebuild our boat. And I called my sister in a panic <laughs> going, Guys, please, please, I need someone who can, who can manage people, you know, and manage a, a complex operation. Can you come and help me for a few weeks? And so she said, okay, I'll come out for a few weeks. And that was, you know, like four years ago, three or four years ago. So she's so extraordinary. Um, it's, I think it's actually quite tough for her sometimes, especially kind of in the Latin countries, because, you know, they, you know, she'll meet kind of ministry officials, but they'll sort of assume that she's some kind of secretary, which in some ways works to our benefit because then they're blindsided when they realize she's actually a ferocious negotiator uh, and uh, kind of political powerhouse in her own right. <laughs> Girl power. Yeah, you got to love uh-huh. it. <laughs> I actually, I had to, we were in Haiti um, during the cholera epidemic trying to unload material. And, you know, we were having some difficulty, you know, with a couple of, you know, the customs agents trying to extort us for you know, a fee, you know, for bringing in the donated supplies. And we refused to pay those fees, you know, like categorically. So Sky was savaging the guy on the dock. You know, they waited until we were half unloaded, and then, it, you know, then it starts. So Sky is savaging the guy. What's your name? I have an interview uh, with CNN, uh, you know, next week. I need to know, you know, whose name to give them. Uh, I'm going to put, I'm going to dump this stuff in the harbor right now. And, you know, you actually have to be serious when you make those kinds of, you know, kind of demands. And uh, it was, you know, the six like Haitian uh, customs official, you know, this guy just savaging him. So I was like, I'll step in here. <laughs> I kind of pulled her away. I'm like, let me intervene. But we got our stuff unloaded. We ended up not having to pay. Uh, and uh, just watching her kind of grow and develop like I grew and develop in this project has been an extraordinary, extraordinary experience. And one of the greatest things for me is that I got to share it, you know, so much of this experience with, you know, someone who's so important to me and someone who make me laugh so much uh, and on whom I can rely absolutely I have you know, I've been to sea with a lot of people I've been to sea with a lot of captains uh, and crew who have decades of experience but I literally have never been in the open sea with anyone you know as good as my sister you know at actually knowing what it means to be a captain to have the ultimate responsibility for your ship you know and for your crew you know and for your mission you know and having that amazing awareness you know, like when she runs a mobile medical clinic, you know, it's like watching a really good quarterback or something. Her head's on a swivel. She's aware of everything that's happening. You know, she spots the patients that need to be seen early, you know, well before most of our doctors and medical physicians, you know, medical people. And, uh, you know, I'm essentially in awe of her most of the time. <laughs> oh, that, this, is, this is a beautiful tribute to Skye. Let's talk about the, the volunteers, about where your doctors and your staffing comes from, because they come from everywhere. And if somebody is interested in being a part of your team and, and donating their efforts, what would they need to do? 
Um, well, on the FloridaDoctors.com, on the volunteer page of our website, there's the information on how to apply to volunteer, and sometime in the next week or two, our online volunteer application will actually be completed, which will make things a lot easier for everybody. But uh, last year we had about 200 volunteers from 12 countries. Um, we had doctors. You know, we had everyone from retired, experienced specialist physicians, to medical students, to doctors just starting out, to nurse practitioners, PAs, physiotherapists, uh, public health workers, nurses, nursing students, EMTs, paramedics, firemen, uh, and uh, and a lot of people um, who just you know came in other capacities you know to find a way to put their particular talent to use in a way that was of service. So we had. You know, like a film person would come down and they would make a video of, uh, like one patient who needed, uh, you know, we needed to raise a thousand dollars for to get, you know, specialized care. And then they would put a Kickstarter up and they would raise that money and that patient would get care. And, you know, one of the greatest things that I've really seen is that you don't have to be a doctor, you know, in order to help people. You know, even you don't even have to be a doctor to help people's health. You know, every, everyone has something. And the whole point yeah. is serve. You know, the, the, our show is all about harvesting happiness. How do we cultivate a thriving life? And I come back to service every single time. It's thank you, thank you, thank you for the goodness and serve, serve, serve. Give, give, give. Find your passion and, and find an outlet to, to, to give it away. You know, that's how we grow. That's how we thrive. We ha- are running out of time, and I want to make sure that I give your contact information, Dr. Benjamin LeBron out to the world and Ben's amazing work can be found at www.floatingdoctors.com on Twitter it's at Floating Doctors on Facebook Floating Doctors as well and you can see his amazing amazing TEDx Malibu talk on TED.com just uh, in the search bar put in his name Dr. Benjamin Lebro, or put in TEDx Malibu for the entire playlist. And then before we end our time together, I found this little quote, something that people don't necessarily know about you is that you are quite a writer and literary scholar in, in, in my eyes. And I oh, found this quote. No, 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 no. It's true. And I wanted to um, share a quote that I found this morning by uh, Ralph Waldo Emerson that is really perfect for you. And this is your genuine action will explain itself and will explain your other genuine actions. Your conformity explains nothing. And that's who you are. You are not a conformist. And in in your truth and in your authenticity to go out and heal the world or the world that you touch, you are a beacon of light and a ray of hope for these people that need the care. And certainly living out loud, Ben, and I really want to thank you for being on the show, for being a part of TEDx Malibu, for the magnificent that work that you contribute to the world and we will have you back again in a few months and and keep on keeping on with what floating doctors is doing um oh thank you i can't uh, wait to update everyone next time we just got two additional sailboats donated so from 2013 we are now a fleet whoa that is amazing. And, you know, um, we only have a few seconds more, but I wanted to talk about the wings and, you know, that the wings appear. Goodbye, Ben. All right. Take care. Thank you. We know that life is tough and that happiness can and does live along with adversity. We'll be right back to explain how on Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress Kamen on toginet.com. 
Like us on Facebook at Harvesting Happiness and on Twitter at HH Talk Radio. Lisa returns with more of Harvesting Happiness following this short break. Like what you hear on Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio? Subscribe to us on iTunes and get your weekly dose of joy downloaded free and easily to your computer or portable device. That's Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio on iTunes. likes to win, enter our weekly contests at Harvesting Happiness on Facebook, where we give away our guests' books, music, film, and products each week. In addition, we also do great Harvesting Happiness giveaways, like free coaching sessions with Lisa Cypress Cayman, Lisa's Books, Happiness First Aid Kits, H-Factor Where Is Your Heart documentary film, Happiness is an inside job product, including the Sterling Silver Infinity Bracelet that benefit Harvesting Happiness for Heroes, a nonprofit whose mission is to assist our returning military personnel and their loved ones challenged by combat trauma and other post-deployment reintegration issues. Join us at Harvesting Happiness on Facebook. Nothing gives happiness like a free gift. Lisa Cypress Cayman has made her first ebook, Got Happiness Now? Eight Keys to Unlocking a Joyful Life, available at no cost to everyone. Unwrap your complimentary copy now by visiting www.harvestinghappinesstalkradio.com. Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress Kamen on Toginet, the show dedicated to promoting happiness because happiness is a choice and happiness can be cultivated and harvested. So let's get back to it. It's Harvesting Happiness on Toginet.com. And now back to your host, Lisa Cypress Kamen. Welcome back. If you're just joining us now, we are talking about living out loud. This is an entirely different kind of LOL. This is the LOL for grown-up people. And my guest right now is Kathy Kinney, who is best known for her iconic role as Mimi Bobek on the long-running Drew Carey show. She has acted in over a dozen films and guest starred on numerous television shows and may currently be seen in a reoccurring role on the ABC family hit series, The Secret Life of the American Teenager. Oy, my teens love this show. Kathy toured with Drew Carey and the Improv All-Stars for the USO in Iraq and Saudi Arabia and may still be seen performing with them around the country. She and her longtime friend Cindy Ratzleff created QueenOfYourOwnLife.com as an attitude, a way of life, and a call to action for grown-up women everywhere. Here, here, I am in line, sister. Welcome. Wee! Wee! <laughs> I'm so excited to be here. <laughs> I am so excited to have you here. You, first of all, you are cool. You are cool beyond words. You are my new girl crush, and I'm just so happy to know you. Oh, I just love that about you. That's so sweet. <laughs> I've just, I don't, no one's ever admitted to having a girl crush on me before. <laughs> oh, well, here I am. All right, let's talk about living an ordinary life in an extraordinary way, because this is my mission. Uh, Well, you know, it 
just one of those things. When I saw that quote, I thought, am I doing that? Because, you know, I grew up in central Wisconsin, and the last thing I remember was just lying on an army blanket in my parents' front yard playing with my paper dolls. And then next thing I knew, I was on the Drew Carey show. And I thought, how did this happen? I'm just this girl from the Midwest. You know, I, well, I don't eat cheese. That's my deep, dark secret. You know, I mean, I was born and raised in Wisconsin, but I'm lactose intolerant. And actually, they kind of check my ID when I come back into the state. And my family is shunned a little bit. But I don't eat cheese, but I do lead this amazing life. And, you know, I just got back yesterday from performing in Las Vegas with Jukari and the Improv All-Stars. We go there every year. And headlining in Las Vegas at the MGM Grand was never on my bucket list. But I can tell you that it's so much fun. And it enhances my life, and it gives me a place to meet all my girlfriends so we can sit around breakfast and just talk about how grateful we are the way our lives turned out and how they turned out so completely different from what we thought and that there's still so much more. Even though we're in our golden middle age years, there's just so much more. There's always something more. Well, let's talk about those golden years because I have a theory. I call these years the ripe, juicy middle. You know, it's not Mm. too hard. It's not too soft. It's really just right. It's really ripe and juicy. And so for all you women out there of that certain age and men, you know, I offer the reframe for your consideration that it is being in the prime, in the goodness, you know, ready to pluck and eat, you know. (laughs) <laughs> it's so it's so true. And I think the thing is, and you know, my two favorite quotes are that, leading an ordinary life in an extraordinary way. And the other one is, you don't have to be 21 to have your whole life ahead of you. And that's the thing about these juicy years is that you're thinking, oh, you know, maybe you had a marriage. Maybe you're on your second marriage. Maybe you're divorced. You know, maybe your children have moved away and you're kind of lost. And the thing is, you can start right now and have a whole new life. You can start over. You could be 90 and start over and, and meet the love of your life or just find a career. You don't have to stop. We don't have to stop anymore. You know, I want to offer up something for your consideration, for everyone's consideration about the, the, the love of your life, especially with Valentine's Day rolling around the corner next week. What about becoming the love of your own life first? Hmm. Mm, that's interesting. We just we have a a Facebook site, Queen of Your Own Life, which is that's the first book that that I wrote with my best friend Cindy Ratzlaff, and we started a Facebook site, and we have so many women following us, and it's just this thrilling, wonderful way for us to start the day by going there and saying how do you do. But you know, we offered a little gift card saying. Maybe you want to buy this for yourself for Valentine's Day or your best friend or both. And that's just just it. I think you hit the nail on the head, Lisa. You, honestly, I don't think that you can really have the best life that you would like to leave for yourself if you're not down there loving yourself. Yeah, I, I think it is first about, you know, being the love of your own life and learning to make love to yourself every day. And by that, we're not talking about between the sheets, ladies and gentlemen. We're talking about out in the world, you know? <laughs> True. 
<laughs> you, you know, it's the, the making every, every move that you make one that is done with love, one that is done with intention and focus and desire for the best possible outcome, not just selfishly for myself or yourself, but for the world at large. I think that's true. And of course, now that we've said that, it might be one of the hardest things in the world to love yourself. And we talk about acting as if. Now, if you go out and as you're walking out your door, you look in the mirror and you make eye contact and you say, I love you. I have your back. I'm supporting you today. And you go out and enter the world. What an amazing way to, to leave your house. Yeah. Practice. Practice, 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 and this living as if thing, you know, and I'm going to come from the psychological and academic perspective, it is fake it till you make it. You know, we don't always start our day feeling the most joyful. You know, sometimes we're fighting the blues. Sometimes we've got real serious stuff going on. And if we can put one foot in front of the other and act as if we are stepping into that role that we're already there of being joyful, complete, in love with life, in love with ourselves. Um, our actions follow those emotions. It's true. I, I believe that's so true. And, and here's the thing about the truth. We already are perfect just the way we are. Our lives are amazing, but often we're just so busy looking at what's wrong in our life rather than what's right that it's really difficult to get to the place that we need to be to just say, what an amazing thing my life is. It doesn't matter what you're doing, you know, what job you have, how many friends you have or don't have, what kind of view of the world you have, what neighborhood you're living in. It's just perfect. Your life is perfect the way it is. It's just about accepting that and practice, 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 practice. Uh, acceptance, you know, before the before the practice comes the acceptance, and then the practicing of the acceptance, because that uh, it it takes training. You know, it's hard to be accepting. It's hard to uh, live one's life without judgment, and to live one's life being able to forgive ourselves and those people who we believe, right or wrong, have done something to offend us or to, to have done something wrong towards us. Um, but you have some, you have a bunch of things. You have these things called queenisms here. And I am holding on to a couple of queenisms. And I wanted to read one now, and I'll read the other one maybe later. Um, this is um, Life Beware of Cheap Imitations. This is from Queen of Your Own Life. This is the site that you and Cindy have created. And mm -hmm. I would like to read the first one. She was tired of pretending to be more or less than she really was. She decided it was time to to be her genuine and perfect self. Mm -hmm. It's the truth. I think, and you know, this is just, media really bombards us with, we need to be different. We need, need to have more hair, blonde hair, you know, bigger breasts, smaller bottom. And, and when you're bombarded with that, it's hard to believe that you're enough just the way you are. And you're always pretending to be someone, oh, I'm more like Kim Kardashian or, oh, look at me, I'm so whatever, da, 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 you know. And, and the truth is that the world would be such a boring place if we all looked exactly alike. We are perfect the way we are. And, and once you act like your authentic self, you pull in the energy because you get what you give. So if you show up saying, look at me, I'm fantastic. You're not saying that out loud, of course, but people notice you. They notice your light because it's 
what comes from the inside. Yes, it's it's so true. And I, I, I think going back to that concept of being in that ripe, juicy middle, what's wrong with being that being that babe or that queen or that goddess or that, you know, uh, that hot stuff woman or man wherever you are in life and accepting the cellulite, the warts, the pimples, the lines, the gray hairs, whatever it is, and love them. And expect that everybody else is going to love them along with you because no one really cares at the end of the day. I know. I know. That's what's so funny about my, my friend Cindy Ratzlaff, who, who wrote the books with me. She, she always said, I just assume everybody likes me. I don't understand. You know, I mean, she has low self-esteem just like everyone else, but, but she comes <laughs> from a different place. She just, she'll enter a room and she's like, I just assume everyone likes me, which always makes me laugh because I think especially living in Hollywood. I, I was trying to explain to someone the other day who was, had to go to a, a gathering, and she was very nervous, but I said, everybody's nervous. Everybody that goes to these parties want to be liked, want to be noticed, want to be loved. And so if you go there and you notice them and love them and show them how much you notice and love yourself, it's a whole different world, a world of acceptance. Yes, and it's the color lens through which we view the world that makes our reality. We are going to go to a break and I want to give out your contact information so the world can find you through Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio. Um, You can find Kathy Kinney and her work on Twitter at Queen of Own Life. On Facebook, it's also Queen of Own Life. And the website where you can learn more about this amazing stuff and buy the books and all the other wonderful stuff you've got there is www.queenofyourownlife.com. And I want to give another queenism out to our listeners. And that is if others didn't like her, what did it matter as long as she loved? herself. You are listening to Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio with Lisa Cypress-Kamen, and my guest in this half hour is Kathy Kinney, best known for her iconic role as Mimi Bobek on the long-running Drew Carey Show. And we've got a couple other announcements. We continue to roll out the Florida Orange Juice Take on the Day campaign, which is all about transforming life's little annoyances into pleasures. You can have a listen here on our radio show. You can have a listen on our websites. There are many places or even online line. And uh, next week, we are having a special Valentine's Day show with Danielle Laporte. And the topic is desire. She is here. Here come the tunes. We know that life is tough and that happiness can and does live along with adversity. We'll be right back to explain how on Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress Kamen on toginet.com. Like us on Facebook at Harvesting Happiness and on Twitter at HH Talk Radio. Lisa returns with more of Harvesting Happiness following this short break. According to the American Academy of Family Physicians, up to 20% of Americans experience some form of the winter blues because of variables like weather conditions, post-holiday debt, and lower motivational levels. In addition to these seasonal factors, everyday annoyances like traffic or phone issues may make the difference between a cheerful day and a challenging one. Leading happiness expert Lisa Cypress-Kamen knows just what to do when it comes to achieving happiness, even in the face of common daily frustrations. 
Start each morning with a routine that makes you feel organized, prepared, and ready to take on the day. For example, enjoying a daily glass of cold, refreshing 100% Florida orange juice could be just what you need to begin your day on an upbeat note. For a quick and easy mood boost, Lisa recommends going for a walk outside, listening to your favorite inspirational song, or simply taking five deep breaths to bring you back to the moment with a rejuvenated outlook. For more happiness tips and helpful resources, visit facebook.com slash Florida Orange Juice. A part of the grateful good. Grateful Nation brings together patients, families, friends, and staff of Beth Israel Deaconess Medical Center to support the quality care and groundbreaking research at the medical center. Through new and traditional media, members of Grateful Nation share experiences, thank our caregivers and researchers, participate in sweepstakes, and gather to sponsor and host events and much more. Being grateful inspires others to be grateful as well. Isn't it time we jumpstart some perpetual gratitude? Visit Grateful Nation online to find out more at www.gratefulnation.org. Have a grateful day. Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress Kamen on Toginet, the show dedicated to promoting happiness because happiness is a choice and happiness can be cultivated and harvested. So let's get back to it. It's Harvesting Happiness on Toginet.com. And now back to your host, Lisa Cypress Kamen. Welcome back. If you're just joining us now, I have on the line with me, on the air, Queen Kathy Kinney, who is best known for her iconic role as Mimi <laughs> Bobeck on the long-running Drew Carey show. That was kind of funny. And, uh, you know, Kathy, along with her BFF, her best friend, Cindy Ratzlaff, have created queenofyourownlife.com as an attitude, a way of life, and a call to action for grown-up girls everywhere. And you can see it's the perfect match for our show. Kathy, let's yes, talk about indeedy. giving. Queen Lisa. Oh, Queen Lisa, yes. You know, I am the queen in my own mind. You know, I don't know about anywhere else, but, you know, in my mind, I, I got it going on. <laughs> I think, you know, there are some women who wear their crown externally, and there are others, like me and you, who wear them internally. Yeah, that tiara is, is shining so bright, you know, inside. In my mind, I can see it. Mm-hmm. But we're talking about giving now. This is, this is, I think this is one of the tickets to sustainable happiness, to sustainable well-being for life, you know, to, to give. To uh, keep it, you have to give it. I agree. I, I completely agree. You know, I mean, one of the things that we were talking about in the last segment was living an ordinary life in an extraordinary way. And one day I realized that I was leading an extraordinary life in a very ordinary way. And I think it might have been when I was in a Black Hawk flying over uh, Iraq. You know, being able to work with the USO and go there and entertain the troops was one of my, I don't want to say proudest moments. It's just such a fulfilling moment to be able, you know, they just want to be hugged. They just want to know that that we haven't forgotten about them. And I'm not really a stand-up comedian, although I can act like one sometimes. But being able to go there and just hand out the hugs was 
profound. It was profound. I just find that on a daily basis, it's important for me to let other women around me and men too. But, you know, right now I'm just working on that queen stuff that we're not alone and that we're all more alike than different. And, you know, my life's not perfect. And of course, I've had people say to me, oh, you're in two movies with Robert De Niro. What could possibly be wrong in your life? It's like Mm -hmm. pretty much anything, just about anything. But it doesn't, I've known so many, I'm whipping my fingers in the air in little quote marks, celebrities, everybody's troubled. It doesn't matter what you do for a living or how much money you make a year. We all carry our own burdens. And if we can't help each other and ease the way, then what are we doing? Oh, Lordy, 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 I couldn't agree with you more. You know, I have uh, more background noise than um, a reality TV series. And at the same time, <laughs> I know that it has nothing to do with my happiness. I can choose to, you know, dial in on the difficulties and say, you know, my life is poop. Or I can say, you know what, this stuff is happening over there to the left and to the right. But in the center, it's good. You know, I'm happy. I'm joyful. I'm grateful. I get to live out loud. I get to do the things that I love to do. And I want to talk about this um, give, give back to the military because, you know, a portion of what we do at Harvesting Happiness for Heroes is we give this work, this positive psychology uh, programming to vets that are challenged with PTSD. And there is something so right in what you said about the giving of a hug, about not being forgotten, about being heard, that it's instrumental to joy. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. I mean, when you think that you can give so much joy just with a hug or just by listening, m- most people just want to say, oh, hi, I'm so-and-so, I, I'm from such-and-such. And you could say, I've never been to such and such, but I'd love to, you know, did you have fun growing up? It's just, it's so simple. And I think that, that listening is, is one of those things that it's free and, uh, it's an easy gift to just listen to someone. Now, it doesn't mean allow yourself to be taken advantage of. You certainly can set a boundary and say, oh, gotta go. But I mean, how many people really give the free gift of listening? There was a project that was uh, profiled on NPR, and a book was written about it called Listening is an Act of Love. Mm. And I think that says it all. I do, too. I do, too. Did you ever hear this quote? I'm racking my brain because, of course, I can't remember who said it, but we're all lying in the gutter, but some of us are looking at the stars. Mm. Yeah. Because I just, I I love the idea. And again, there's nothing different. It doesn't matter who you are and what you do for a living, we are just all so much more alike than different. And we all carry a burden. If we help each other and we share these burdens, what a better life it is for everyone. Uh, agreed. And, you know, to take it one step further, we're, we're more united in the suffering, actually, than the joy. Yeah. Uh, I agree. I agree. But I think it's really hard. If, you know, everyone had a rough childhood, even if you think you had a good childhood, things <laughs> happened, you know, that, that form you. And I'm one of those people who believes it's never too late to have a happy childhood. But there comes a point where you have to go, wow, I'm being a victim. This happened to me when I was a child. I'm still carrying that around with me. When does the time come where you say, okay, that really helped in 
transform me. I am the woman that I am now or the man because of what happened. And now I get to go ahead and be a, a warrior for myself rather than a victim. It's true. Important the, decision. Important decision. And, you know, plus pity parties are just so unattractive. Can we talk about that for a second? <laughs> they aren't. <laughs> life in this community that you've created on Facebook and through Twitter and then on the website itself, you are drawing um, like-minded women who want to be the best that they can be, that are just letting their light shine. And if you don't have a good circle of women around you, that you can reach out even in this virtual world and create community. You know, and from that, you never know what happens. You never know if you connect with one or two or three of these gals and you end up really forging, you know, from a virtual environment, friendship to real friendship. It, it's true. That, that's the thing. We call it the queen community because our first first book was Queen of Your Own Life. It's a big one. Ready? Queen of Your Own Life, The Grown-Up Woman's Guide to Claiming Happiness and Getting the Life You Deserve. And so we created this Facebook site, Queen of Your Own Life, and it's grown and grown and grown, and every day continues to get bigger as as each woman who comes there goes, oh my gosh, I'm not alone. Someone else is suffering with this, or someone has this, or we have so much joy, and they get to share it with each other, and that's what's wonderful to read the comments uh, of all the women who come there. And and the same thing, which is why we wrote this the second book, or launched launched it as an e-book, because one, it was less expensive we wanted it to be available for everyone and now they have all these free reading apps you could turn your toaster into a kindle reading device if you (laughs) were really you know working on it but your computer your phone or whatever so from all the affirmations that we do every day and we and we're busy women and everybody's busy we wanted it to be this quick thing like a little jolt of espresso. It's like, oh, something that could change your day or your thought pattern. And that's why we created the second book, Queenism's 101 Jolts of Inspiration, because we wanted women to have them all. We wanted them to have at least 101 so they could turn to them and go, oh, oh, I feel like that. Oh, look, somebody else feels like that. I love books. Can I tell that? I love books. You love books. I mean, I can can hear it in your voice. And what I also hear is that um, you love to serve, that you love to give away these gifts, these these 101 
tools that women can draw upon um, at any time. You know, life is not always perfect. You know, we're talking about happiness. We're talking about living the good life. But really, we're recognizing that life is challenging and the, the, the ups and the downs are going to occur. And it's our relationship to these events when they occur that uh, determine how we're going to do, how we're going to do at the end of them how we're going to go on, how we're going to reinvent ourselves if something really bad happens, or how we're going to help another person reinvent themselves if something really bad happens. It's true. And I always joke with my friend that I'm involved in the two you know, communities that are the least noticed. Women, women, but women in their middle years, and from that I mean 30 to 90, and children. I have a children's website, mrsp.com, that we just, with my two partners, we've wanted to really have the continuation of the joy of reading. So we have, it's all free, and there's no commercials, and you can find us on YouTube, or you can go to our site, mrsp.com, but the idea that there are children who are growing up who have never been read to or don't really understand that by reading a book you can unlock the whole world. This was, these are the two things, women and children, that I'm most interested in giving back to. Well, this has been an amazing hour, and I want to have you back again. You will come back again. I want to give your contact information out to find Kathy Kinney at Twitter. She is Queen of Own Life. On Facebook, Queen of Your Own Life. And the website is www.queenofyourownlife.com. And then the, the children's site, one, one more time, Kathy, is mrsp.com, mrsp.com. Perfect. And here are a few thoughts before we part. Happiness is not a destination. It cannot be bought, sold, or traded. Happiness will never invite you to the party. Happiness simply comes down to a choice to show up each and every day in the world with passion, purpose, place, and meaning. Thanks for joining us on Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio. This is Lisa Cypress-Kamen, Dr. Benjamin Lebrow, and Kathy Kinney wishing you kind thoughts, kinder words, and the kindest of actions. Remember, happiness is an inside job. Talk Radio with Lisa Cypress-Kamen. Join us every Wednesday morning live at 10 to 11 Central Time here on TogiNet Radio. Then harvest your own happiness. Happiness anytime from the comfort of wherever you are with free downloadable podcasts available on iTunes. To learn-